The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Good morning. So I'd like to build a little bit on what I talked about earlier, this notion of aligning with the present moment, with what's happening. And I think all of us know this, that that's part of mindfulness practice, but it can be interesting also to notice what is it that we're doing if we're not aligned with the present moment? What are the subtle ways, maybe even not so subtle ways, in which we are turning away from, not actually being with our experience, an experience of seeing, hearing, touching, smelling, tasting. Of course, thinking is an experience also. It's so easy to get lost in the contents. But maybe to instead to focus on the other five senses as a way to really be present for what's happening. And we might ask, why? Why do we want to do this? I'll say a few things. One is, it turns out that this is a way that really does support some tranquility, some ease, some stillness. Because inherent in not being with what the moment is bringing is a little bit of agitation, Sometimes it's really subtle, this sense of like, I wish it were different. In a way that maybe we, it's not even vocalized as real words or, but instead is, is there a way in which we can notice that when we are aligned and there's less of this contention, less of this maybe really subtle discontent And to really drop in with alignment allows the contentment to arise, the sense of ease, the sense of well-being. And often, maybe that won't be our dominant experience, but it's there when we are aligning with what's happening. And this ease, this stillness, this contentment, or maybe just to even soften it to say this lack of contention is a way in which can really support us and nourish us. So often we are dismissive of these small moments, thinking that we have to go fix a problem or do something else that needs our attention. But all of us know this, that our life unfolds differently if we have well-being and ease versus how our life unfolds when we're filled with agitation. And it's so easy to dismiss kind of like small moments of agitation or small moments of ease. Think like, oh, they're small. That doesn't really matter. I have these big issues I have to take care of or the world is on fire. I have to take care of it or whatever it might be. But it turns on, it turns out that our life is really filled with these small moments. And this is where it begins. This accumulation of these small moments, whether it's well-being or 
agitation. And in this way, like tuning in, aligning with what's actually happening, allowing this sense of ease to be there, even if it is terribly subtle and just a portion of our experience, this is a way that helps us to find freedom in the midst of whatever's happening. To align with what's happening means to no longer be pushed around. And so often we think freedom is just, you know, continual bliss or nothing but happiness all the time. But it turns out that freedom means that we are with our experience, we are experiencing it. And there's a way in which that's okay. Maybe we're doesn't match our preferences. Maybe it doesn't match our expectations. But there's this sense of maybe, I'll use this word freedom or liberation. Like, yeah, this is what's here. And to have our sense of stability or a sense of not having to turn away, make things different. And Is there a way that we can notice this little bit of sense of relief or delight that accompanies this sense of freedom when we're no longer being pushed around, running away from, running towards experiences? Again, this is another subtle experience, subtle something that arises. But can we tune into that? Again, I'll say we shouldn't underestimate how powerful that can be. And then something else that I'll say about aligning with this present moment is we work with this or experience it or not experience it, however it might be, we start to discover that what is it that prevents us from aligning with the present moment often is a way that we're defining ourselves, a way that we have come like identified or a way that we've limited ourselves. And sometimes this is hard to see in ourselves, the way that we might be identifying or defining ourselves. Sometimes it's maybe more obvious when other people do this to us, when they assign a label to us that doesn't quite fit. And we're like, oh, yeah, I'm not that. I'm more than that. Why do you just see me in this one way? I'll just give this small uh, anecdote that some time ago... There was a friend of the family, and uh, my family was visiting with this friend of the family, and then like a, an, another person came in, and the friend of the family uh, introduced me as, this is Diana, she's the daughter of my father's name, who does ABC. And I thought, wait, I, I'm not just a daughter, <laughs> I'm a grown person. I have my own life, and you know, but... Is there a way in which we kind of like limit ourselves and define ourselves? And so I'd like to share a poem that it has some whimsy in it and it has some fun. I think it's fun. I like poems that are fun. But it also is maybe using some metaphor or maybe some things that are explicit that's pointing to what's being pointed to here. 
This poem is called Letting It Be by Rosemary Traumer, and it goes like this. There is a carpenter in me with an impressive tool belt. She thinks she can fix everything. Every time there's a leak in the ducts, she blames that darn condensation and whips out her metallic tape. And when there's a heartbreak, she mumbles something about not meeting code, takes note of all the cracks, all the places where it's falling apart, and gets to work, cleans up and preps new concrete to hold things together. I know she's doing what she knows best. I know she has good intentions. But today, while she runs off to seek just the right hammer and just the right nails, I take those leaky ducks and that broken heart into the garden and dig potatoes. The soil is cool and slips soft through my fingers as I sift for yellow fingerlings and red-skinned desirees. There is a gardener in me who doesn't try to fix anything. She says in a quiet southern drawl, sweet thing, bring all that brokenness here and let it walk amongst the sunflowers. Let it weed the carrots and pick some calendula bouquets. And nothing gets fixed. But something shifts. As I sit beside unruly mint, its green spears rampant, its scent, so cooling, so sweet. So in this poem, I appreciate how the poet, she's making this distinction between a carpenter who wants to fix things and a gardener who is letting things grow. But, you know, she's in there working with the potatoes. Like, we could go to town on this poem. I like all these things that are metaphors. But one thing that I want to highlight here is that the poet, she's talking about, she has this line, Today, while she runs off to seek just the right hammer, So often it's seeking that turns out to be the way that we think that we're fixing problems. It's being the seeker. There's a way in which we might be subtly identified with that being a seeker, the one who is trying to find, the one who doesn't have what they think should be. Maybe it's not even clear what it should be. And so this, sometimes this seeking is a way that we're maybe trying to fix something. But is there a way to just be the gardener? Allowing things to be. And I appreciate very much here the poet is saying, the gardener who puts, who puts her fingers in the soil and sifts for yellow fingerlings, you know, these type of potatoes. So she's kind of like just being with what is. She's being with the experience. She's saying the soil is cool. And maybe there's a way kind of looking for things that aren't so obvious. Maybe we have some of these underlying beliefs. Maybe beliefs that limit us. 
but ways in which we're identified. Or these underlying beliefs that are thinking like, I'm not quite sure what's happening now, but whatever it is, it's not good enough, or I need something else, whatever it might be. So maybe I'll just read this poem one more time as part of closing. It's called Letting It Be by Rosemary Traumer. And you'll forgive me in advance for my southern accent that I try to do here. There is a carpenter in me with an impressive tool belt. She thinks she can fix everything. Every time there's a leak in the ducts, she blames that darn condensation and whips out her metallic tape. And when there's a heartbreak, she mumbles something about not meeting code. She takes note of all the cracks, all the places where it's falling apart and gets to work cleans up and preps new concrete to hold things together. I know she's doing what she knows best. I know she has good intentions. But today, while she runs off to seek just the right hammer, just the right nails, I take those leaky ducks and that broken heart into the garden and dig potatoes. The soil is cool and slips soft through my fingers as I sift for yellow fingerings and red-skinned desirees. There's a gardener in me who doesn't try to fix anything. She says in a quiet southern drawl, Sweet thang, bring all that brokenness here and let it walk amongst the sunflowers. Let it weed the carrots and pick some calendula bouquets. And nothing gets fixed, but something shifts. As I sit beside unruly mint, its green spears rampant, its scent so cooling, so sweet. So with that, I'll turn it over to Daryl, who will help us with the the mindfulness exercise.